0: Hi everybody, welcome to Addictive Tickle, I'm your host Taylor Clark, and today on Addictive Tickle we are doing a very special episode with a very cool theme, and I do mean cool, because we are talking about the coolest thing, I mean traditionally, historically, weed! This is a weed episode. Welcome to the marijuana, the pot, the the ganja, the green app. That's what we're doing today. We're doing a special episode today because we are recording abnormally on a Friday in the middle of the afternoon. So we're going to do what you call in the biz an evergreen episode. <laughs> unintended and of course we are joined here on addictive tickle by our guest um, and he's, he's, our, he's our guest every time because he's also he's a guest in my house um, but he's not a guest of this show i am joined by a guest in my house today who happens to be the producer of this podcast and the sidekick co-host what have you Gwen Fitzgerald, aka Little Q, aka Little Q Dizzle, aka Jizco. <laughs> yeah. Get your minds out of the gutter, everybody. For who are, if you're just listening, just tuning in. Um, it's Latin. It, it, it's not Latin. Don't lie to the people, Gwen. It's a combination of jazz and disco, and it has nothing to do with cum. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a, a convenient. <laughs> That's just a convenient uh, circumstance Any who's guys Welcome to Addictive Tickle We're going to talk about weed But first I want to disclose the fact That we are in fact both high Now A little bit (laughs) A little bit still Me a lot a bit You a little bit less a bit I think I'm a Not too much higher than I normally am When I record this episode Generally, I don't smoke pot uh, like this early in the afternoon. And by like this, I mean just like with hash.
1: <laughs> I'll still
0: stick up you a real ripper every now and again in the afternoon. Um, but I don't usually fucking try to get ripped. <laughs> I, I, I gave it a go for the circumstance, for the episode, for the good of podcasting. I got especially high, Quinn. And I even got you a little high. A little bit. Normally, I don't want you getting all ripped before you produce my podcast. It's fine for the star. (laughs) But you have responsibilities. You're at the head of the ship. You're the captain of this fucking airplane, motherfucker. I'm very
1: responsible.
0: You sure are. But today, I, uh, you know, I took the reins off old Q Dizzle over there and I let him have it.
1: I've been corrupted. (laughs) Anally. No, I let him smoke weed. (laughs)
0: Um, and so, let's get right fucking into it. I am 36 years old. I started smoking pot when I was 15 years old. Got into it pretty quick. I think I got drunk first, but I definitely got high the most.
1: Uh Ah.
0: And, um, so now, 36 years old, pretty much a daily pot smoker. Luckily, I didn't get my first ticket um, until fucking this year. Whoa. Yeah, because I drove through Idaho with weed on me because I'm stupid and got pulled over. Well, actually, I got in a car accident. We've covered this on an earlier podcast, but one of the uh, 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 added punishments for the car accident. (laughs) Not added punishments. Just one more layer of shittiness to add to that whole fucking (laughs) event was a weed ticket. They're like, are you alive? Well, you still broke the law. <laughs> Here's that fucking ticket. Welcome to Idaho. We've never heard of COVID. I'm going to spit on you with my maskless fucking face. February 2021. That was the cop. That was an impression of the cop.
1: That was a cop.
0: Anyways, so uh, yeah, it was an impression of an Idaho cop. What, didn't meet your stoned little <laughs> expectation, Quinn? <laughs> what did you think it was?
1: Um, I thought it was just some dude from Idaho. I thought it was like an <laughs> audience member or something.
0: Audience members weren't very different. Yep. So I got a weed ticket. But I started smoking weed when I was 15. and made it all the way to now. 21 years of getting high. Outside the law. Without the law getting involved. And sometimes even... I might have slang a few bags in my day, Quinn. I might have even... uh. Some people might have called me a dealer. I never really identified as one. Nor was I very good at it. A dealer? I think real dealers would have taken offense. <laughs> to, to you being called a dealer? Yeah. <laughs> it was like an open mic or being like, you know, I'm a, I'm a comedian. You're like, are you though? <laughs> a- Anybody could sign up for an open mic and anyone could buy an ounce and try to divide it out, you know? Sure. So, uh, anywho's, ba 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 boom. By the way, I don't really consider you like an open micer. I knew that's where you were going in your head.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna tell everyone I'm a headlining touring comic. By this logic, right? You could call yourself that. I could call myself, and then. But it would be an.
0: You mean you'd be lying?
1: No, I'm saying yeah. It'd be like you know when you say you're a dealer. It's like I'm a. Touring Netflix comic, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it's more like...
1: You don't think it was, Well, it's... I don't are know. You, obviously, you a club, you a obviously, obviously... A better than that? No,
0: but I don't <laughs> think... I don't think... I don't
1: think these parallels
0: carry much further than the immediate... <laughs> the immediate connection that I made.
1: They're no. just too different.
0: you know. What I, mean? I was just saying for title alone.
1: I might be a little too... I yeah, yeah I don't want to dig little in more. too deep here, Quinn. A little more than- See, as you become
0: a seasoned smoker and a more of a seasoned comedian, you won't make these kind of mistakes in your riffs. <laughs> yeah. It's a learning podcast, guys. We're also here to teach. Um, And it, it, it's easy for me to teach uh, someone who's not allowed to talk. Like, <laughs> shut up. Uh, so well, you'll never learn. Any, uh, do you hear that banging? Yeah. Oh, is Karina exercising up there? I, I don't know. Well, I hope she's not getting murdered. <laughs> hey, we want to check and see if my wife's being murdered upstairs real quick, Quinn. We, uh... Seriously, we just open the door and be like, "Hello, anybody else in the house?" Just to be safe. Yeah, sure. Go I ahead. Yep, please. Yep, go ahead. Just check if everything's okay. Quinn is stepping out. He feels awkward about it. He looks uncomfortable. Hopefully she's not masturbating. Okay. <laughs> dude, dude, just stick your head up there. And make sure everything's okay. Do a holler. <laughs> he, should, he feels really uncomfortable. I'm sure everything's fine. But, uh, we just heard a couple of loud bangs. You know, I, I'm I'm a professional. If nothing else, I'm not going to stop the podcast. So I have a co-host. Go check on my wife and fight off burglars in case of <laughs> there's burglars. Maybe it was coming from the neighbors. Maybe there are burglars. Quinn, are you okay? No response, huh? No
1: response. You went all
0: the way upstairs?
1: No, I kind of went to like halfway position. <laughs> and yelled?
0: And yelled. And no response. Uh, Must be coming from the neighbors.
1: Probably. I don't know if anyone else is, is here.
0: Yeah, she left, I thought.
1: I think she left. No yeah. burglars? No.
0: No one climbed in the window?
1: No, or if they did, they didn't call back when I called, so.
0: Well, I don't hear any more commotion. And I'll be honest, I don't have anything of value up there. All my shit's right here in front of us. They're going to have to go through us. You hear that, motherfuckers?
1: They'll probably get through me. You
0: got a couple of fucking ripped comics in here you're going to have to deal with if you want this $200 mixer. (laughs) I think we're safe. Of course, on the weed episode is when we're like, are there criminals in the house? (laughs) (laughs) Is anybody breaking in? But luckily, kind of bringing it around full circle, weed is fully legal now in Washington. Uh, No risk of uh, getting tickets in this state anymore. Gwen, have you ever gotten a ticket?
1: No, although one time I did drive the wrong way and some... uh, I drove right by what I think was a ambulance that was parked, and uh, some EMT guy like knocked on my window and was like, "Hey, uh, get off the road! You're going the wrong way." But I didn't get a ticket, so that was pretty cool.
0: Luckily, they can't give tickets.
1: Legally, they can't.
0: Mm-mm. They could have given you some more drugs, though.
1: Yeah, that would have been, been nice. Like, well, I well I've got you here. Well, here. What's well, messed up?
0: What do you got? Some Valium? You got some morphine in those bottles? You, hook it up, man.
1: What's really messed up is I wasn't even stoned. I was completely sober, just driving <laughs> the wrong way. My
0: <laughs> biggest driving mistakes have always been fucking dead sober as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought I was fucked up, though. They like, Even my DUI
0: in. I got while I was sober.
1: Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Did you actually?
0: Yeah, I That's was pulled funny. over to the side of the road. I, um,. I was pulled over to the side of the road, changing a tire. It was shitty weather. It was raining. I was fucking heated pissed because I had a flat tire. Granted, I had a beer fucking hours before that. Yeah. Um, And the cop comes up to me. He's like, hey, you need any help? And I was like, uh, no, man. Yeah. Fucking good, dude. It's fucking raining. Got a flat tire. It fucking sucks. And he was like, have you been drinking? And I was like, what? Fucking not even driving, dude. And he's like, "You need to take a test." And I was like, "Oh my god, really?" And I was all pissed off. And so he yeah. hated me because I yelled at him. And he gave me a breathalyzer, <laughs> and I tested uh, like below the like 0.08 but it's yep. like a zero tolerance or whatever. So he threw the zero tolerance law at me.
1: Wait, is it, what do you mean zero tolerance? Like you can't—you have to have like basically
0: zero. Where was this at? alcohol? This was when I got my ticket.
1: I thought there was. What's the whole point of the point? thing? it was like the
0: legal limit. And, uh, I don't know. It was something different, but I was, like, not... I didn't blow over the intoxication level, but I blew the, like...
1: You weren't totally sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Like, it was, like, 0.11, I think. It was... I don't know what the fucking rules are, Quinn, but I know that I didn't break them all. (laughs) I'm an innocent man! And he fucking gave me a DUI, made me take the sobriety test, took me into jail, and it... You know, honestly, I'm kind of grateful to him, because if I hadn't gotten that DUI, I may have never moved to New York, so... Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, because I didn't have a license. I was like, why can't I go do comedy without a car? It inspired me. Like one place on earth. <laughs> the- so I went to New York. Nice. Um, and so I uh, I did get that DUI, but I never got any weed tickets. All my years of smoking weed. Yeah. And I never got any weed tickets. And I haven't smoked weed since I was 15. Like we said.
1: Is, is there, like, a breathalyzer for weed, though?
0: I think so, but I don't know how accurate it, it is. And I yeah. know it is technically illegal to drive high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there's no real, you know, how many weed accidents are there compared to alcohol accidents? It's hard to even, like, justify making a law if you can't prove that it even, like, people are, are getting in car accidents because of it.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard to... I think it's hard to quickly prove that someone is stoned. I could be wrong, but I think that's... Well, you know, all. I'm inclined to make a bunch of hacky jokes
0: here. Like, well, first thing you gotta do is wave a Pringles can in front of them. <laughs>
1: you
0: know what I mean? First thing yeah. you gotta do is uh, turn on an episode of South Park. See how fast their eyes... You know what I mean? Turn to the that direction. First thing uh, you gotta... You go. You know, you do one.
1: I uh, First thing you gotta do, you gotta see if they can uh, count their uh, toes on... Uh... <laughs> That was real bad. first First thing, you- first thing you got to do
0: is uh, tell them the cops are here. <laughs> How yeah. high do they jump? <laughs> <laughs> These are the weed tests. And they go, the cop pulls them over and to test if they're on, uh, if they're high. They go, the feds are behind you, and just see <laughs> what their reaction is. All right. Well, again, I wouldn't make those jokes. They're hacky. No. Sometimes I'm inclined. So I've never gotten any tickets, thank God. And I don't think that it's it's hard for them to give tickets nowadays for it because you can't really test for it to see if anybody's high. And it's not illegal. Who gives a shit? If you smell weed, someone's drinking in public, you fucking bust them. But if someone's smoking weed in public, you're like, chill out. (laughs) Get out of here. So you don't see a... I don't even hear about people getting those
1: tickets. Can you smoke weed in public? Is that a thing? Is it illegal? Technically,
0: you're not supposed to.
1: Okay, yeah. You know,
0: it's a, technically illegal still to be out but, in public but smoking anyone, weed.
1: does anyone really get in trouble for it?
0: Well, I've heard of the very, you know, the outlier events of someone getting in yeah, trouble yeah, for yeah. smoking weed. But I, uh, it's rare. for the most part, I smoke weed in public all day. And yeah. A lot of other people do too. And nothing yeah. happens. And, you know, in the select states, of course. Right, yeah. You know, this is, of course, an internationally renowned podcast. we got people living and listening from all over the world going, when's, you know, my country going to legalize weed? Second. You know, they're sitting there in Ghana or whatever going, fuck! We need the legal weed over here. I hope it comes. I hope you get it. All my Ghana listeners... And I sure have been enjoying it. It is crazy to this day. Still don't get used to it. Walking into a, a store next to a Taco yeah. Bell. Why don't get used to it? To get it? weed. To get tacos and weed. Because I spent so long looking around my fucking shoulder every 10 seconds waiting for the fuzz.
1: Oh, you can't get used to it with the I store. can't get used to going uh, into a store
0: or even smoking weed in public. I still take, you know, I take cautious. pause. I take caution. I'm very careful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And... I, I can't, I can't say whether or not I think it's healthy for people for it to be legal. It's almost like a controversial.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's towing a line for sure.
0: Like I think it should be legal, but I also think you should treat it like it's not.
1: Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I mean that. I think was probably the cause for a lot of moderation for most people.
0: There is some of that. I I've definitely smoke a lot more liberally and don't feel as ashamed.
1: Right, because it's legal now.
0: Yeah, I, I guess, and it's just so much more accepted. The stigma is gone. You people will find out you smoke weed before, and they judge you. Now everybody smokes weed, and and honestly, I heard uh, someone else say this. Uh, this is fucking uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. He said that uh, it's should be reversed, the stigma of uh, alcohol and weed and cigarettes. Like cigarettes should actually be like the most shameful thing because yeah. it's like the worst for you, makes the least sense, worst health. They should be like the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the most accepted. Yeah. Maybe yeah. alcohol, you no, know what I mean? Think, but, I think.
1: Maybe say, I mean, there are a lot of people who are like clean, dead, clean, sober, but smoke a shitload. And they're kind of, I feel like seen as like more together, you know,
0: I think you're right. And alcohol, obviously, uh, very accepted. And then weed was illegal and had this like stigma attached to it. And it really should be the other way around. That's what he was saying. And I totally fucking agree. Because when I, I've, I've gone through, you know, the run of addiction with tobacco and alcohol, of which I've kicked, or I'm having a good run with right now, um, whereas, and weed, I've gone through phases where I was like, fuck, I really should quit weed, and I've stopped for, you know, short periods of time. Sure. Uh, that being said, and I think it's affected my life ne- in a negative way over the, you know, 20 years I've been smoking it. Yeah. But it it pales in comparison to what weed or alcohol have done and were doing when I was like in my deepest throes of addiction. Yeah. (laughs) And I will fully be the first to tell you I'm like a weed addict. You know, I long for it. Couldn't quit if I wanted to. But the big difference with weed is I eh, really feel like i want to yeah i it's i've gone through uh, and i go through withdrawals sometimes when i've uh had to quit weed before i when I, go, I smoke a lot like i've been you know in periods where i've been like smoking a lot each day and uh, then i have to quit or go a few days or a week or longer without it and i go through physical withdrawals like a real drug addict uh-huh. and it's not fun queen i go through the sweats it's like fevers and you know cold symptoms it's Terrible. It's like COVID. Sure. <laughs> I get COVID when I quit smoking weed. You want me to get COVID? That's what I tell my family and my doctor. Oh, I suppose you just want me to get COVID then. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Weed's not a vaccine. I was like, it, it, mine is. It's called Tangerine Vaccine Blue Dream. <laughs> it's from Hostile Farms. Um, But... Uh, yeah. Anyway, I have a problem with it.
1: <laughs> well, you say just because the is it affect stuff in your daily life or is truly it just... it's
0: like things like memory, activity, oh, yeah, energy, uh, focus. Some of these things I lack, and I I go through. I don't know. This is like a really deep psychological take on my uh, on you know on my on my weed life. (laughs) Sure. But when I, uh, when I'm going through these phases with weed where I'm like feeling like I should pull the brakes on it or whatever, I will stop for a few days or even a month. The longest I've gone is like a couple of months. And I go, you know, I'm still forgetful and I'm still lack focus. And I'm still essentially fucking have the same ADD that I had before I got high. And I go all the way back to well well before I smoked weed as a child, as a preteen. I was a fucking forgetful mess then as well. Now, what I've read and heard is that long-term side effects of weed are exactly what I'm talking about. Like some of this I might have just been, I might be fucked. (laughs) Because I just smoked too much weed and now I might have like permanent damage. Possibly. But there's a lot of other really interesting studies uh, that say that it really only takes like a month or two and then you can actually everything kind of gets rewired. Like all the connections find themselves again. So that one of the reasons that marijuana weed is one of the greatest things on earth is because it just doesn't really have like crazy permanent side effects outside of maybe, you know, the smoke damage. But in comparison to something like cigarettes unless you smoke, you know, 15 joints a day or something like that you're never going to get the toxicity levels.
1: Yeah that that's interesting. Yeah, it's like cigarettes people will the volume of people Yeah, a lot of lie. it's the volume, yeah. yeah like, and there's
0: a worse ingredients, there's a lot more toxic chemicals in a tobacco smoke than uh
1: marijuana weed. smoke. Yeah.
0: I'm no expert, you know, but I've uh, I've been smoking a long time and I've listened to a lot of stoners tell me things that they believe. <laughs> And I don't know how much value that has. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but I, I listen to it as gospel myself. <laughs> and now, Gwen, what's interesting here is you are a 22-year-old man. You've been smoking weed since you were a teenager as well, you said?
1: "Uh, Yeah, 19. 19? Oh, so you, you almost
0: though. missed the whole teen window.
1: Almost. But I, I got it... I. Uh, started going to open mics and went to a couple music open mics oh, and they right. they love them over couple there
0: couple of music open mics you say oh yeah and that's when you uh, someone handed you an acoustic guitar in a, in a spliff and said there you go sonny you're a part of you're part of the gang now is that something something along the lines don't happen there Quinn
1: pretty close
0: maybe you could paint a better picture for
1: us uh, it, was a, it was a mixed mic so you can do comedy there though it's not recommended and you can so i did that i went there and there was this guy came up to me who later became one of my closest friends and he said i'm way too stoned i have to go up next and i'm really stoned and i said i've never smoked weed and he was like do you wanna and then i did and that's how i started smoking weed
0: from that day forward you're a big fan of the thc is that right yeah. From I'll... that day forward, anytime someone passed you a wee joint or a, a bit of a, a pipe talk or whatnot, you'd have it, wouldn't you there, Quinn?
1: Sure. Oh,
0: yeah. When did you start buying it yourself?
1: Um, well... When did you
0: start spending your mother's garden dollars and cents on the old devil's grass?
1: Uh, well, if there was a bit where I would, uh... I would go somewhere and I would ask people... Uh, Add a mic, if they could grab me some stuff at a weed shop that was nearby, and there was a couple people who'd be like, Yeah, sure, whatever. And then I'd just pay them the cash and then <laughs> I'd get weed, and it was super convenient.
0: So later that year, yeah, you smoked a weed, and then within days, weeks, months, how soon did you start spending uh, your mother's money on it?
1: Probably a couple months before I started buying it because it was like, there was like, uh, you know, when you're new if people find out you just started smoking weed, they will just give you weed because they're just excited for you. And I didn't really get a high until I like That must
0: have been time. nice. Oh, I didn't have
1: that experience at all. Oh, really? No. That's what I, I at open mics, I mean. People were
0: like, this is expensive. Get your own weed dealer. Get the fuck out of there. You're not allowed in this drum circle. No, I mean that was the reaction I'd be getting. <laughs> oh yeah, did you go to drum circles? I went to a few drum circles, sure. Hockey sacking, you know, long blonde hair and whatnot. That's what sure. I love. That's <laughs> the kind of vibe. Yeah. Skateboarder, you know, hemp necklace. Oh yeah, fake Irish accent.
1: <laughs> I, I, uh... you would be like,
0: "What the fuck is going on here? You're not allowed to have my weed for free."
1: I, I started bugger off. I was in khakis in the butt and I looked like a narc, kinda, at uh, 19, but people would just give me weed because I was, uh, I think because I looked like a narc and I just started smoking and it was legal so everyone had it. Um, and yeah, everyone was just really excited about weed at the time and uh, most of them had substance problems so they were fine, they had plenty of weed, they were happy to just share a little. It was exciting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that must be nice, you don't have to rub it in. Uh, but now, of course, you're spending money on it. Do you budget for it? I mean, you're twenty-two. We're not. We're not really budgeting, are we? Not a lot of. Nah, budgeting. you leave it one day at a time, one check at a time, don't you? Yeah. That's fair. That's what you should be doing. Let's be honest. I had a job when I was in high school. I was a bit of a gymnastics coach, right? Always made a couple of dollars on the side, and I would have to spend, oh, I'd say 80% of my money on my honor. I'd slice off nearly all of it. <laughs> this is why I had to start dealing, Quinn. In, in Not because I wanted to be a big fancy drug dealer, wear some chains, tote a gun or nothing. Uh-huh. No.
1: W- was this in Ireland, or is this... No, wh- why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing, I was wondering. No, of course not. From
0: Everett, Washington. Oh, okay. Anyways, I'm toting around Everett, Washington with me and my family, all from America. <laughs> and I was, like, smoking so much weed, you know, I was like, God damn I'm spending all my gymnastics money on this. It's terrible, right? Yeah. So it's like, how do I go about not spending as much money, but also being able to be high all the time? Right, you know? Yeah. I did not want to not be high. That sucks. <laughs> being that I was a complete addict already, I was like, all right, well, this is a bed I made. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna sleep in it. Right? It's a lot more comfortable if I don't. If I'm not broke. So I went around, asked some friends who was giving me the weed, you know, I was like, Hey, how do I get into the business? How do I, you know, how do I dive in? And they were like, well, give me $300. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like what? You want it in or not? I was like, all right. So get myself a $300, you know, find a way, save it up, smoke a little less weed, buy a little less Jack in the box. Pretty soon I had 300 bucks, right? Bought myself a wee ounce. That's how much it was back then. Couldn't just go to a fucking dispensary and get a $50 ounce. Yeah. Of fucking shit weed, but still, $50 ounce. I'd have killed for that in high school, you know? Accent's
1: really going all over the map now. <laughs> I kind of forgot that you didn't have an Irish accent for a minute.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the longer I stay in it, the more natural it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons I do it, I guess, is uh, practice. (laughs) But now I think I'm also just the right amount of high. I just got the right amount of high where I, you know, can stay in it. Actually, I got the too much amount of high to where I'm going to have trouble getting out, I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) This happens, I've told the story a few times, I think, about mushrooms. I've done mushrooms a few times, get trapped in an old accent, can't find my way out. What do I do then, you know? Stay in it, is what you do. Commit, baby. <laughs> I was going kind to of Jason Statham. Or oh, commit, baby. Or commit to the bit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Gather around. Going to teach a wee lesson on how to commit to the bit. I'm Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, um, anyways, um... Got myself a wee ounce, right? I divided it into a, I believe it was eight eights. What my dealer friends didn't tell me is that you're going to have to get a scale. Well that's another 20 bucks. (laughs) I got that line around, just spent my $300 on an ounce, so I don't. So my little dealer friend there, he's like, all right, you can borrow mine, right? Borrowed his, weighed him out. Now I got eight eights. Next thing you got to do, you got to let everyone know you got them, right? make your money back on that ounce. Hopefully, if you're lucky, you get a free eighth out of it. This was the math, Quinn, if you're wondering. If my listeners are wondering how to... This is also just a great lesson. How to be a drug dealer. Taught by an Irish guy who might be Canadian, who's was learned English from John Doerr. <laughs> Divided that out into eight eighths, if you're lucky, you get a free eighth out of it, right? <laughs> I was smoking around that time. I was smoking about an eighth a week, which is a lot for a teenager. Forty extra dollars a week. Gymnastics money, right? It's a lot. So It's a healthy slice, Gwen. Oh, yeah. You know what I did, Gwen? Smoked that that whole fucking ounce. Whoa. (laughs) Pretty much smoked the whole thing. I might have smoked two or three, right? Uh So now I've got debt. <laughs> Not a great start to my weed dealing adventures, right? All right, so cut to a couple weeks later, get another $300. All right, let's try again. Fucking smoke it twice as fast, <laughs> run right through it almost immediately. Blunts were really popular then, so you go to one party, right? You're the guy with the ounce. Whoops. All right, cut to a few months later. I got another $300 all right there. I'm going to do this right this time. Mom catches me. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> that actually happened? Yeah, game over there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fuck? Where'd you get all this? Ah, fuck. All right, let's call it. It's not my business. Hey, guess what? Didn't in there. You know what I did? What's that? Move to New York City. <laughs> oh. Moved to New York City. Started working in real estate, man. Oh, man, I was hustling. I was doing jobs. I was fucking doing all kinds of shit. I had a little bit of money in my pocket and I started buying ounces. Not because I wanted to be a dealer, but because I wanted a fucking ounce to myself. And I got that ounce, baby. I was just a guy who bought ounces now. I was balling. That's what I thought was balling. In New York, these weren't $300 ounces at the time, they were fucking $500. Woo! That was expensive. And the weed wasn't as good. But you know what? Fuck it. I like to smoke weed. And it just made more financial sense to buy an ounce. Eighth at a time, running around all over town waiting for delivery guys. One eighth at a time. By a quarter, like, fuck, still. Why is this taking so long and being so expensive? So fuck it. I'm going to buy an ounce. A couple of ounces later, pretty soon, you're just a guy who has weed all the time. I did. And I was. The people start being like, man, I'm out of weed. And you start being like, I got some weed. Man, yeah, just buy an eighth for me. And then sooner or later, you're the weed dealer. That's kind of how it worked the most successfully. And I did that for fucking years. If the cops are listening, of course, this is a satire podcast. <laughs> These are not confessions, they're jokes <laughs> I know why I got paranoid all the time All of a sudden You're going to chase me down That's uh, the—that's just how I grew up, Quinn It was illegal I understand You can't just be telling everyone you were a dealer all over the place But I was Is that my
1: dog? I believe it is your dog No, that's a different dog
0: Anyhow A lot of comedians A lot of co-workers A lot of skaters A lot of friends Those are my clientele and boy I loved them dearly I wasn't gonna be running all over town Trying to get you your bag or nothing You had to come to me Meet me on my terms And eventually I started. Just fucking, you know, I'd sell to clients. Be like, you want to rent an apartment? No, well, I don't know, fancy an eighth. You sell the real estate clients? Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't aggressively sell. I wasn't trying to close them on an eighth, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It'd be more like, they'd be like, man, I like to get high. I'm going to go out tonight and have some fun. I just got to figure out how to get some weed. And I'd be like, man, yeah, I got some." And they'd be like, really? And they'd be like, come on. And I would give him a really, you know, depending on whether I closed them or not on the apartment, would depend on how big of a fucking hookup I gave them. <laughs> did, I, did I, did I, did I let, uh... <laughs> were there some, like, lease signing bonuses that included marijuana for a client or two? Maybe. How cool would that be your real estate agent fucking hooks you up with a bag of weed? And just even thinking about it now, I'm like, man, that was
1: cool. (laughs) That that is pretty cool, man, yeah. Real estate. Now
0: everyone's just like, oh yeah, Quinn is high. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Think about that, man. Real estate, land and shit. I
1: I can't imagine, first off, having the kind of money together to get a real estate agent, and then... (laughs) But then they hook up with weed It's kind of worth, you know, that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah,
0: it was a, yeah, I got a $40 bag of weed It was worth my $1,400 broker's
1: fee Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know any of that stuff I got my place on Craigslist <laughs> Well, this is, a, this is
0: foreign to you You're not going to be getting ripped Running all over town looking for apartments in Seattle With a real estate agent Because there are no real estate agents for rentals
1: Oh, really? It's only for buying? Yeah, I know that.
0: man, this is great. I mean, like, we're going to really cast a wide net, a wide demographic net with this podcast because it is truly baffling sometimes, <laughs> one, how little you know about anything, but also just how old I am. <laughs> I talking about like, back in my day, the coppers used to bang down your door for having an old puff of jay. <laughs> no one talked like that back then either, but still. And, and uh, but also, you don't know what a real estate agent is
1: at all. I thought I did.
0: <laughs> I get Nah, not at all. Well, I mean, a real estate agent, I mean, you define your, you give your definition of real all estate right, agent. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's okay, get okay. your music. All
1: right. All right. A real estate agent is someone who shows you around when you're looking for a place and they say, "Uh, you want a place with like three bedrooms and like a bathroom? Well, this is... Almost that, and they'll sell you, they'll try to sell you a place. That's about all I know.
0: Nailed it. That is exactly right. Awesome. But having an agent for a rental, oh, that's rare. Kind of a really specific to uh, New York. I want to say Paris. Maybe uh, Houston. There's places, but a lot of them are like. No one's like relocation services And not necessarily Uh, like Real estate brokers or agents In New York however Because a majority of the market There is rentals Not that many people actually do Own the place that they live in Because they're all huge buildings right Yeah. So and and Historically you know what I mean The classes have always Been very specifically divided In New York and they don't Uh let people have Fucking houses in New York uh, so it's pretty much all rentals and that's why real estate agents all work in rentals as well. Like a lot of, uh, entry level real estate is in rentals in New York, whereas everywhere else in the country, when you join a real estate, you get a real estate license, you join an office, the number one objective is selling houses.
1: Interesting.
0: No one gets into real estate pretty much to do rentals unless it's by accident, which is kind of what happened to me. I didn't mean to be a real estate agent. I didn't go to New York to do real estate. I went to get high, and sell weed. <laughs> I, I went to do comedy. Yeah. Um. And then I and then I stayed for skateboarding, and then I started doing comedy again, and then I had a kid and I left. <laughs> In a nutshell, that was a that was a story. But real estate is what supported me while I lived there. That was my day job. Yeah. I did I did apartment rentals. It started because my landlord asked me. I, I was trying to negotiate my rent. Uh, You never heard this story? No I was trying to negotiate my rent with this acidic landlord I was like a stoned skateboarder You know, like I showed yeah. up I showed up to negotiate a security deposit in a wife beater with cut off <laughs> jeans High
1: <laughs> That's great
0: Sweating, you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. skating I was just going there to be like Please don't take $1,800 from me God, please <laughs> That was my objective Sure. Because he wanted like five security deposits and I already gave him four and I was like, I, but I'm already, I got to move in and it was just this whole mess, right? And I was trying to explain to him that when I originally signed the lease that I, we didn't have jobs and we had bad credit, but now we're doing a new lease and we have jobs and we have credit and I'm, we shouldn't have to pay four security deposits. Three should be enough. So give us back one of those yeah. security deposits and let's mo- finish this deal. But he was like, No. He's like, no, you got a fucking same deal. You're gonna do a new lease, it's the same deal as the old lease. I don't care if your situation has changed ten percent better than what it was before. You yeah. still do have bad credit, no rental history, and blah blah blah, right? I was like, but I played month six months on time and I fucking now we have better jobs and yeah. blah, blah, blah. I was like, and four security deposits. I mean, like, that's a lot, you still have three. This was essentially my whole argument. I was like, three is a lot. You know what I mean? You need, you need four? Come on, dude. I paid rent on time for six months. Like, chalk one down to us. Uh, anyway, so I showed up high, all fucked, you know what I mean, mad and sweaty and skaty and gross to talk to uh, someone I'd never met but I knew was a Hasidic Jewish man. I didn't know anything about Hasids. Sure. Uh, but it's a cult. And it's their fucking, uh, it's a legitimate cult that runs the Brooklyn real estate industry.
1: Oh, I didn't and know. And much that.
0: of the Manhattan industry now too. Or a, a significant more of more of a chunk of it than they ever have. Anyway, I go to meet this guy. You know, he's got the curls, the payas, the fucking yeah. you know, Jewish beanie <laughs> Yarmulke. I don't mean to be offensive. And uh I meet him. And he's asking me about myself. I I go in. I meet his secretary. I go to shake her hand. She fucking jumps into the fucking plants because she's so afraid of me. And they're not allowed to touch. The women aren't allowed to touch other men. No handshakes, even, you know, nothing. No physical contact. Uh And and they wear wigs. And, you know, she just looked like a nice, you know, well-dressed lady. I didn't know anything about her. I go to shake her hand. She's like like she fucking freaks out and I'm like what the hell like what did I do and then the uh, landlord comes out and he's a really nice guy his name's Meyer he's like oh sorry yeah you know it's cultural blah 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 and I was just like okay I didn't know sorry I meant no offense yeah I'm fucking ripped by the way right so I'm just like what the fuck like you know you're paranoid meeting new people hi anyways yeah. and you go to shake one of their hands and you fucking you know they treat you like you're a poisonous out. leper and you're like fuck yeah. so I was like freaking out and then he he kind of helped set me at ease and then just started asking me questions about myself he shook my hand too ah nice to meet you. you know what I mean I was like okay it's only for the ladies you know I'm learning as I go here and he yeah. interviews me and uh, at first I'm like why is he asking me so much about myself you know, yeah, all these personal questions about my work history and what I do and what I want to do with my future and all this kind of stuff, and I keep bringing it back every single question. I'm like, I mean, I I came here to do comedy, but really, I want that eighteen hundred dollars back. What's up with that yeah. security deposit? And they'd be like, All right, well, what do your what's your mom do or whatever? And I'd be like, I mean, she she works in sales. She runs a a magazine, and uh, you know, she would really want me to have that. $1,800. Can you? Can I please have that? Yeah. And, uh, and he keep asking me questions. And eventually he's like, look, you've done a really good job convincing me out of that $1,800. You did a really good job on the phone. You did an even better job here in person. And I'll be honest, nobody talks me out of money.
1: You know oh. I mean? Not to be a
0: stereotype or anything, but that's what he said. You know what I mean? He's like, nobody talks me out of money, yeah. but you're doing it. So I tell you what. If you work for me and help me do some sales, rent apartments for me, show some units in some of these other buildings I have, I'll uh, I'll pay you for it and I'll and I'll waive the $1800 security deposit. Okay. So I walked out of that office with my 1800 bucks and a new job in All real right, estate. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I was babysitting at the time. You know, so I was like, great, no more babysitting job. And then that real estate job snowballed into like a 10 year career in Brooklyn real estate. So I ended up uh, working for him, doing some buildings with him. And then uh, he had this huge complex in Brooklyn called Castle Braid, which is a. just a fucking train wreck of a fucking building in the middle of Bushwick. I mean, it looks like a train wreck. That's what I mean. That actually is kind of a cool building, but it literally looks like a pile of garbage. But yeah. it's like a luxury building. They like, <laughs> they. It, 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 I mean, it's cool. It's like, it's art, but they welded a bunch of like crazy sculptures, like metal sculptures made from like old bikes and car frames and all kinds of stuff sure. to the front of the building. You can look it up. It's called Castle Braid in New York, in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And, uh, and he brought me in as a know nothing 24 year old real estate agent, not even a real estate agent, just a hired hand for him. Like just someone who lived in one of his buildings with a set of keys. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I didn't have any experience, but he had me build a website and, uh, for the, for one of his other buildings and do marketing Uh, for it. And then I rented out all the apartments in that building. And he's like, you did a good job with that. Now I have a huge project. We need a website, but I also want to do all the, like a social network inside the building. Like, so he built like a, like a social, like a direct messaging platform and stuff like that. Just for tenants, like within the website, he was trying to create essentially like an artist community building inside Bushwick, Brooklyn. And this was in like 2008, like fucking height of the financial crisis of 08. And he brought me in, as just some stone skateboarder dude who was eight short 1800 bucks <laughs> to like m- be the marketing director for this building. Mm. And that was when I first started to have like, and I'm not talking like, I wasn't getting rich dude, but I was making, it was the first time I started making like three to $5,000, like having months, wow. like where I would make like three to five K. And that's when I would be like, I'm going to I'm going to get an, bro like yeah I remember it was like one of my first big paychecks I was like let me and my friend who my partner John who I was doing it with we were like let's get an ounce like, yeah. for New York like on the shoestring budget that we were on is just like broke New York artists and shit like getting right. an ounce spending $300 on something that wasn't your groceries for the month was like unfathomable you know, yeah, and so you do know, of course, I you feel know, that yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can relate, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be like now, if all of a sudden the podcast took off, <laughs> right, and we and yeah. all of a sudden this Patreon started really paying those bills, yeah, so much sure. so that not only your bills are paid, you can even have bonus money. That'd be pretty,
1: pretty. <laughs> And that is where we're going to take
0: this. At the end, we're going to explain all our new plans for the podcast and the Patreon. So stay tuned. But anyway, I was working it, renting all these apartments, but I had basically stopped skating and stopped doing comedy for a high, almost a year. Wow. And like, I would skate sometimes, I would do comedy here and there, but I wasn't like chasing it, you know, at all. And then eventually, We had enough people that lived inside this building that I was like, man, I could run a comedy show here. And then it's like a built in audience because at the time, especially in Bushwick at this in this year, there wasn't anything going on in the neighborhood, really. So I was moving all these people into this building and they didn't really have anywhere to go hang out. So I created stuff. We created a lot of stuff in the building that would be fun for everybody. And one of those things, just selfishly, I was like, I'll do a comedy show yeah, yeah, (laughs) and then I'll have a place to perform. And so for, like, another year, I pretty much only did comedy at that show. So I produced, like, a weekly show in the bottom of this building that would have, like, 20 to 30 people pretty regularly, sometimes less, sometimes nobody. But we didn't have to cancel too often. Um, And I, I credit that show for, um, for everything that happened to me in comedy because every relationship I ever made, every... You know, how I learned how to write jokes and stuff, I pretty much did it all through that show.
1: Would you say it's because it was like, I mean, in New York, it's probably hard to get in front of like a real audience regularly, right? So this is probably like early on it is. Yeah. It was like one of the first times. Yeah, yeah.
0: I like, I kind of quit comedy. Like I moved to New York and did open mics and started getting, trying to get booked anyway unsuccessfully. I was bad. And I would go, uh, you know, just, pooling around at open mics. And then I ended up getting sponsored for skating. So I stopped doing comedy so much and was like focusing more on, on skating. And then I hurt my ankle really bad. So I wasn't skating as much and I wasn't doing comedy and I was poor as all fucks. So uh, when the real estate thing came into play, it was just like fucking focused on that and tried to climb out of my gutter uh-huh. um, of being a fucking broke motherfucker. It's just really struggling, you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. I had to, I only had to borrow money maybe once or twice, like a couple hundred bucks, but sure. like, I mean, I was eating nothing some days and like, you know, really struggling. Sure, but also I, you know, and I've probably spent too much money on weed. To be honest, it was like yeah. I was still like smoking like a yeah, lot, yeah, yeah. or at least like working it into my budget, <laughs> like be like, all right, but I can get a twenty dollar. Bag and get me through the next day or two. You know uh, what I mean, I don't need to eat that much food this week. <laughs> like, but the weed thing is like crucial. Um, this is I'm like real addict shit. And I smoked and drank, so I was like smoking hella. I rolled 50 cigarettes a day and smoke tall, drink tall cans and. And, you know, find whatever 20 bag I could and, you know what I mean, just scrape and buy. 22 years old, like yourself. Uh. And that was when, uh, the, when the real estate thing came in, it was just like, okay, let's grow up. Let's take something fucking serious this is an opportunity to, like, actually make money. Obviously, no one was banging my, down my door to book me at their comedy show. I was bad. Like, bad at comedy. Bad instincts. Bad sense of humor. Mm. Um but I was friendly so nobody was mean to me
1: yeah sure
0: (laughs) so I had friends in comedy and stuff but um, but they would tell you how bad I was where was I sometimes just thinking about how bad I was at
1: comedy really distracts me talking about uh, being poor buying weed booze
0: right so when so anyway this is where i was kind of going with all of it is once i had a little bit of money my problems didn't seem like problems anymore because i had money so i was like smoking twice as much i was buying ounces and drinking like better alcohol (laughs) and like smoking better tobacco but like still living essentially like a debaucherous life like a terribly unhealthy lifestyle um but no one but in New York, no one fucking cared. Like it seemed uh, like the really everybody is drunk all the time in New York because no one ever has to drive. So because you don't have to have to get in a car or think about how drunk you actually are, and like you can just kind of be drunk. So there was a yeah. lot of just consistent drinking. Life the lifestyle of that was like very, very uh you know, prevalent everywhere you looked. Uh, and I wanted to be a part of it. I liked it. And I still like it. I look back fondly on it. Drinking all the time when you have a little bit of money is great. But when you have to, like, go, I can't believe I'm spending my last $20 on tobacco, two tall cans, and weed, you know? And it's like, and I'm really hungry, (laughs) (laughs)
2: So I'll just get
0: donuts (laughs) And this will be fine This is fine You feel like an addict You feel desperate You feel shitty But when you're not like When it's not ruining your life It's so much easier To just be like This is great And then obviously There's enablers Every fucking where you look So you can just kind of like Keep it up baby Let's go let's go Fun 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 (laughs) I I mean Enablers are fun They're fun people Great I've done my fair share of enabling Same Yeah you know, it's funny in Castlebraid, in that building, they got a, a, they had a baby grand piano, as if to not just rub wealth in the face of the neighborhood. They got a grand, a baby <laughs> grand piano in the lobby of their building, um, which I was a fan of, and I, you yeah. know, I, you I, I, I lobbied for. Yeah, I yeah. wanted, to, I want, I didn't play back then, but I liked the idea of having a piano. I wasn't uh, the 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 gentrification. Uh, machete was ripe in my hand and I sure. wanted to swing heavy. <laughs> uh, and so I the piano was great because uh, I did learn to play. Someone eventually just sat down, this guy Damon uh, sat down and taught me this scale. And that's how it all started. He just was like, these are notes that <laughs> go together. That's like the, the middle C blues scale, right? Uh-huh. And then he was just like, pretty right. much Anywhere on the piano, if you hit those notes at the same time, it sounds all right. You know what I mean? And so, and so I just took that scale and like basically everything you've heard today is like what I've taught myself. I've never taken lessons. I don't know how to read music. I don't even know what the notes are called or the chords are called that I'm playing. It was just all sitting in that fucking lobby, just hitting these notes, every combination, and trying to create riffs and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And then like now, eleven years later. It actually sounds like piano playing. Uh. When my dad listens to it, who's a professional musician, he's like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) But I like it. I think it sounds nice. Yeah. (laughs) So much so that I'm forcing it on a podcast audience. I mean, in the thousands. So they wouldn't be listening for no reason. Yeah. But I obviously, as you can tell, and the weed doesn't help. I'm insecure about my piano playing because I'm not taught. Because I was just ripped in the lobby of some fucking luxury artist community building, teaching myself these notes for a couple of years. I don't. I'm never gonna feel like a true, like a real musician. Does that make sense? I get what you mean. But also, I think is nice because it gives me like a fearlessness about playing. Like I don't actually you don't care. Think about it. I don't care what yeah. anyone thinks about my music. You know what I mean? Really, because I'm not a musician. I don't really like value my own like musicianship sure. enough to be like, oh, I don't want to put this out there because it's going to be like a bad. You know what I mean? Like version of my talents or like my capability. Like I don't feel the way I did about my comedy where I was like, I took 15 years to post a YouTube video, you know, like this. I don't, you know, I can just kind of put out there. I'm just like, they're notes. It's fine. I don't, I'm not like protective or precious about my music at all.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, even calling
0: it my music sounds weird.
1: (laughs) Right. It's not, it's not like your, uh, it's not your main focus. Of, no, uh, not at all. It's just something and I stuff. like
0: doing. Yeah. And I think it fills in the, the pod, <laughs> in a nice yeah. way that I haven't heard before. So yeah, and it, honestly, I, with my like ADD and shit, and i have not never been diagnosed ADD, but some of it might just be the smoking too much weed over the course of the years. But it really does help me focus and listen to have something to do, kind of with my fingers and my hands uh. while I talk. And try to like hone in on an idea or a subject. Like it kind of helps me be creative. Sure. So those are all my justifications. (laughs) Um, But to bring it back around to weed. It does make music better.
1: Absolutely, don't it though.
0: Oh my, weed is so nice. Makes the music sound right. It's a nice sign and bonus to a lease. put puts your mind at ease. Oh, I love your weed. But I don't like The way you make me feel like There's burglars in my house at night No, I don't like The way you make me feel like I'm gonna die (laughs) But I like to get high Every five that <laughs> yeah, was kind of nice <laughs> um and nowadays this is this is the craziest thing about it all altogether is spending my life looking so forward to being to buy an ounce. You know what I mean? Spent like it was like one of the climaxes of my real estate career. <laughs> it was really early when I was able to just buy ounces, order what I wanted off the menu,
1: yeah, and get wasted,
0: yeah. a- a- without being uh, insecure
1: about it. <laughs> right, without being like super worried about your bank account and stuff. Being super worried about
0: my bank account being judged for it. Yeah. There was something else about being like the stigma of weed, of being a stoner when you're unsuccessful and poor Yeah, versus like the guy who smokes weed, who has like a good job and a nice outfit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a way different stigma. So like that insecurity that followed, the, you know what I mean? The, the weed stigma yeah. around my entire life faded as I was able to just have it and not worry about it. And my bills are paid and I'm being responsible and keeping a good job and having a house. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, all that kind of stuff. I go to the dentist. (laughs) Like (laughs) these were like the things I remember when I first started making money too, that was the first thing I was like, man, I'm going to the dentist. I'm getting a a real life bridge, (laughs) you know, like something, a crown, something I've needed for so long. Um, I've had gone to the ER several times for crazy tooth infections. Okay, like like almost died kind of shit. Like, yeah, you know, like a, like so I'll have a a chip in my tooth, and a fucking a root will get infected, and then off I go to the ER because I feel like my head is caving in, and then they shoot me full of a painkiller and penicillin, and then. And then, I, and then it happens again six months later <laughs> until I eventually got a little real estate money in my pocket and I can be like, ah, come on, doc, fix that old molar, would you? Uh, <laughs> Do it well and I'll throw in a quarter ounce. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what I did. I got my teeth fixed, started buying ounces, and just kept drinking. <laughs> Went to Europe for a month. Got to go to Europe and go to Amsterdam. Woo! Fuck, I hope we get to do that together.
1: Amsterdam. That
0: is a goal. This is what I'm we're down. gonna do, Quinn. All right. We get to five thousand patrons. I'm taking you to fucking Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Dude, it this was like the height highlight of my weed career was for sure going to Amsterdam. It was the first time I'd been able to go to a store and buy it. It was like oh. a real novelty when I went. There was like medicinal marijuana. But I never went through the... I was. also had ounce money. You know what I mean? So I didn't yeah. really need to get my card and worry about all that shit. So I um, went to Amsterdam and got to go into the store and buy it and buy mushrooms and walk around fucking uh, the um, museums all ripped out my mind yeah. and go to cafes and smoke in public which is still something you Whoa. can't do here which is like was so cool and I smoked spliffs at the time too tobacco weed yeah, which yeah. is like what you smoke in Amsterdam and I have said like I quit nicotine and this might be my downfall but if I ever go back to Amsterdam, I'm going. I'm smoking spliffs.
1: Sure, I, I don't smoke spliffs, but I would... When in Rome, it's spliffs. a when in Rome type it's of thing. I know
0: people thing. that only smoke cigarettes in France, too. Oh, <laughs> New yeah. York is kind of like that, but I can't do it. If I go back to New York, I, I'm going to be going back too often. If I smoked spliffs in New York, especially because it was my lifestyle for so long, I think yep. it would just be an unhealthy <laughs> connection to make. And I'll go to Amsterdam rare enough that, like... I'm, I'll smoke spliffs
1: in Amsterdam. I'm down for Amsterdam right. with 5,000 patrons. 5,000 paid, Magic number, everyone.
0: 5,000. You guys want to see Quinn go to Amsterdam? All right. This is the perfect timing. So let, let me let me w- w- wind up the weed stuff real quick. Okay. And then we're going to go into your weed stuff a little bit. It'll be short because you just started smoking weed 10 days ago. True. And, uh... <laughs> And then, and then we're really excited to start talking about what we're going to do with the podcast. So this is uh, th- this is cool. It's an evergreen episode. Uh, we kind of tell some stories. We talk about weed, um, but we're also going to be explaining how our podcast is going to operate and how our patron uh, Patreon is going to operate from henceforth. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Um, my dad smokes weed. My brothers smoke weed. It's a big part of our family. We, It's something I just I, I struggle with sometimes. I think about quitting. I wonder if I should just remove it from my life. But then the times of my life when it's gone, when I bring it back, it is just too nice of a fucking reunion. You know? Pretty so sweet. I'd like to create a healthier relationship with it that uh, doesn't feel like, as addic- like, like addiction like the way it kind of feels now. Sure. At, at its worst times. Yeah. Um, where I'm like, man, I really want to just work on this project sober. I'm like getting distracted. I wish I wasn't high. These are the moments where I'm like, I wish I didn't smoke weed as much. But those are few and far between. Um, but I do think and I do believe it is here for the good of humanity. I do believe in the power of marijuana. I do believe on sometimes it can be very unhealthy and it can be detrimental to certain people. That is true. But I think the vast majority of the world Uh, would benefit from having a relationship with it in some way, whether that's fucking getting ripped and just like taking out your anxiety with it or doing CBD or doing the oils or whatever. But it is truly a magical substance that uh, I'm a big fan of, an advocate, a proponent, a connoisseur, and an addict of. (laughs) So much so that I'm willing to have a co-host here who's 22 years old. He's got his whole life in his hands, all the potential in the world. And I'm going to tell him that you should get high, dude. He did. And he did. Now, do you think I would do that if I didn't think it was cool? (laughs) And now, Quinn, you have been smoking since you were 19 years old. You are 22 years old. That puts yep. you at three years three into years. smoking a pot. But would you, a uh, would-a-you, uh, do-you, consider yourself, wait for it, a stoner, a pothead, a weed, no, uh, dude. <laughs> are you a weed dude?
1: I, I, I enjoy weed. Most people would probably say I am a stoner. I don't know, I definitely used to smoke more than I do right now, just cause, um, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, between like, you know, um, I'm doing this, and then I got a job, and then I got a uh, stand-up, which are all kind of jobs, and so I, yeah, I don't get stoned that much, but if I got like a few hours and like a night, or I got my the next day off, and most I'll get stoned is when I have the next day off, I'll get stoned that night, that's my favorite time. But um, I don't... I don't know. I don't think I smoke that much. Maybe I do. Every day? Not every... Not... Sometimes it, I'll go on like a couple <laughs> weeks where I'll smoke every day. But then I'll go... You
0: skip more days and you don't? It's like 50-50. Every other day you smoke?
1: That's probably about, yeah.
0: When you smoke the days you smoke, do you smoke multiple times?
1: Uh, no, I'll have one... Normally I'll have one time that I smoke... Or I'll have two, like, back-to-back. Like, I vaped at the comedy place, and then I go home and smoke. Um, But, no, normally it's one thing, but I'll smoke a lot of it if I'm going to smoke. I don't kind of just, like, get buzzed normally. I'll get stoned, or I won't do it normally. Then my answer for you is no.
0: You're not a stoner, or a weed guy, or a weed dude, or a pothead, or none of those things. What you do, eh, you like to smoke weed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I like to smoke weed. It's fun. You're not like, ah, yeah, I live for weed.
1: <laughs> no, but I have done that. I have definitely done that. Um, what, Like when I started, I had a little bit where I did that.
0: Lived for it. Where you like, oh, this yeah. is everything I think about. This is all I want to do.
1: Well, I didn't do any substance of any kind, really, until I was 19. I drank.
0: That's right. You uh, were a Mormon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. No. Not no. religious. Not religious no, at all.
0: No, you're You were a hoard- hoarder. That's what okay. so yeah, parents yeah. are hoarders.
1: Parents are hoarders. Yeah.
0: So you just couldn't find substances because there was no room for any, any <laughs> well, other. I was,
1: I was very prudish.
0: You gotta have surfaces to have substances.
1: You need surfaces for substances. No, sub,
0: no surfaces. No surfaces. On no a, a hoarder's house.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I I was very prudish in high school and like before that, and then as soon as I graduated, for some reason, I don't know, I like uh, I didn't end up going. I was gonna go to this fancy school and then I didn't. And I was like, "Fuck it," you know. I'll, it was my 19th birthday. Someone had some vodka. I drank some strawberry vodka. Gross. Real gross. In a Dixie cup.
0: My first alcohol was Canadian whiskey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, got drunk. Parents, not my parents, but the parents of the friend's house, whose uh, alcohol we stole. Got home yeah, very upset, called my parents and got in trouble, and they brought me home, and they could barely punish me because they were too busy laughing. <laughs> and I totally get that now, um because it is seeing a teenager drunk is funny, yeah, <laughs> as scary as it could be, it's also just hilarious. Yeah, 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 you know, and I I liked laughs, you know, so I played it up.
1: Like to like fall over fake. Or... Come on, mommy,
0: make me a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they'd laugh and they'd laugh. So um, that's cool. So yeah, it seems like you actually do have a pretty healthy relationship with it. When I started smoking weed, I started smoking at what time
1: are we at? Uh, I mean we're at like an hour ten. About oh, okay, cool. Hour hour ten. Um, that's
0: good. Cool. We got a long one today. We came with time. Um, When I started smoking weed, it was just, like, so immediate. I wanted to smoke it every day. I was smoking it before school. I was, like, buying it. It all happened within, like, probably two weeks of my first hit. I was like, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a lot of it was, like, anxiety as a kid, too. It just was, like, a cure-all for so much shit that I was going through. as just, like, a teenager. Um, You know, just, like, normal shit is probably healthier ways to have dealt with it. But, like, um, you know, the, the fucking crippling insecurity that comes with being, like, You'll relate to this. Yeah. Wait, how tall are you?
1: Five seven.
0: Five, so we're almost the exact same height. Yeah, I was a five six, five seven, yeah. weird fifteen year old kid in high school. I started smoking weed, and I was like, "Oh, this stops the voices." And I was like, "Great!" And so I would love getting high before class because I could just be like, "Not," I wasn't thinking about uh, what everyone thought of me. I was only thinking about making sure no one thought I was stoned. <laughs> So oh. it was just like it cleared everything away, and yeah. was just like, oh, like it was. It was the thing where, and I've heard other. This is like such a drug addict type of thing, but it was just like it makes everything better. Like yeah. even even yeah, eighth grade yeah. even eighth grade literature is better now. That's I crazy. Bet, yeah. You would have thought nothing could make fucking eighth grade literature better, but goddamn it, if To Kill a Mockingbird isn't the goddamn best book I've ever read, all of a sudden.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. That is a callback to uh, past episodes because if we, long-time listeners, uh, they know that we've rediscovered <laughs> the amazing words of Harper Lee in *To Kill a Mockingbird*, which I recognized in eighth grade, but I was also ripped. <laughs> but it was nice, and I used it as like an, a, an, uh, a medicine, and I think I really do still even use it medicinally more than anything. Uh because it's not anymore where I'm like, man, I just want to get ripped and put on a Marvel movie, you know? Yeah. Like it's really more like, all right, (laughs) like I got to get high, get through this day or just like, I'm I'm feeling stressed out or, you know, I'm feeling anxious and it really does help bring all of that down, you know, Uh or just feeling insecure about getting older. Sometimes I'm just fucking paranoid and then I'll get high and be like, I'd be like, I can't believe I'm fucking 36. I've done nothing. And then you smoke weed and you're like, Man, I'm only thirty-six, bro. Yeah,
1: <laughs> life is long, bro. Yeah, man.
0: I'm gonna start a show called Comedians and Skateparks. <laughs> I'm gonna start a podcast where I play the piano. <laughs> yeah, man, I got a long time to burn. It'll work. <laughs> and it is working. Yeah. What is working is we're fucking enjoying the shit out of making this I'll tell you that much for sure I fucking love making this and I'm getting great feedback other people are liking it which is why we're gonna fucking fully commit now guys you guys thought we were committed you thought you were listening to a quality podcast before well (laughs) it's all been an experiment leading up to this we have proven that we have the capability of making the episodes we've proven that we have the capability of putting the episodes up and now we know we have the capability of doing it regularly, consistently. And on top of all of that, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> on top of all of that, which was a challenge, just creating the habits, doing the thing, putting it up there. All of the choices and the hurdles are to climb with doing something creative like this, and 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 being vulnerable and risking your you know your your comedy and your self-identity on a on a whim on a project it's fucking panic inducing and we've done it and dare I say we've done it well. Yeah. Which is why we are officially starting over. <laughs> That's right guys We're going to take all of these episodes that you've heard so far um, all, all We're going to take all the episodes that you've heard so far And we're going to put them in a back library A back catalog on our Patreon alright They're going to live there permanently But we're going to start this podcast over We're going to give it a new title Not very different. We're going from Addictive Tickle with Taylor Clark to the Addictive Tickle Pod. That's it. Yeah. If you want to go further, that's the title, uh, subtitle, with Taylor Clark. And also Quinn. (laughs) Actually, no, we're not putting you in the title. (laughs) You'll have to earn it. My dream is to one day Quinn take over the show. Get his own (laughs) co-host. Um, but the good news is, um, we're gonna put a little more effort into this. We're gonna be a little more produced. Um, the YouTube is going to get a lot more action and, uh, we're going to do two episodes a week for our patrons. So all you gotta do for $3 a month, sign up to our patron, uh, our Patreon and you'll get this full episode. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let Quinn tell us he's got the list handy and he just has
1: such a suit. I do have the list handy. I got it in here. All right,
0: Quinn, what are our patrons going to get?
1: For the different tiers? On The first tier.
0: How much does it cost, Quinn?
1: So the first tier is going to be
0: $3. $3! Woo! Ain't that many dollars at all.
1: And in the first tier, you're going to get access to watch all of the podcast clips that go up there. All of the different videos are going to be up there on the Patreon. All
0: the different videos. Mm -hmm. Everything is going to be on the Patreon. Everything... All, you're talking about, like, all the normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the stuff everybody gets for free, whether you're on a Patreon or not, right? This
1: all is right. how we're going to do it. Well, yeah, if you're, if you're what in the comes, first year.
0: What comes with Addictive Tickle? Currently, one episode a yeah. week, an hour-long YouTube video, a clip, and a sizzle.
1: Yeah, but... Yeah. But
0: if you sign up for our Patreon...
1: Oh, you get so much more like like the back catalog you can watch through the
0: back catalog, all the old episodes, all the classics, even some Mike Mike Devoir episodes are on there. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, also, you're gonna have a solo episode that you do.
0: We're gonna start doing two a week, so our patrons are gonna get this episode with Gwen, and then I'm gonna do a Taylor Clark After Dark. Solo episode once a week Yeah, Those are going to be crazy
1: (laughs) There's also, uh, they'll have access To the remastered version Of uh, the the Mark Normand episode
0: And that is going to be On there right away So when our patron is launched It's going to launch with A fully remastered, re-edited And longer version of the Mark Normand Comedians at Skateparks episode And that should be Really awesome Then, but we're not going to stop there. No. We got all kinds of stuff. You get all the old episodes. You get the remastered Mark Norman episode. You get an extra episode a week. But what else? Well, if you're in Tier Two, oh, there's a second tier. You say?
1: Yeah. Tier wow.
0: One. Well, Tier One sounded so good. I can't imagine there's anything else I could get.
1: Well, for five dollars, there is. No. In tier Two, I you get to watch. We're gonna have a live recording of the episode. And uh, we're gonna see if we can get a chat feature going on in there, live chat feature.
0: I love this. So for three dollars, we get all of that amazing stuff. But for how much? Five dollars. Five dollars, we get a live stream and chats.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, we'll shout out uh, your names on the pod.
0: What? A special attention? Special Hello attention. Me? You can shout them out. On the, we'll shout you out on the pod. You get a live stream, and I want to be, and uh and you get to chat. And I honestly really want to engage and take direction from my patrons to help me navigate the future of all my content. And I am honestly so looking forward to to that. So that's only five bucks. That's only like five, five bucks. Five bucks a month. That ain't nothing. Is there, but- that, that's got to be the top. Top of the no, tiers. No, no. There's
1: one more get tier. Get the fuck out of here, Quinn. For ten dollars, also known as the ticklers, this tier three. Uh, in tier three as a tickler, uh, you get all the stuff from the first two tiers, and you also get, uh, you also get a shout out on the pod, and then you will get free, uh, tickets to some live shows, and uh, meet and greet. At the shows? At the shows. A meet and greet
0: with with T and Q.
1: Certainly T. Certainly
0: (laughs) T. I hope to be able to afford to bring Q around.
1: But certainly. But until
0: then, you get a meet and greet with me. And if you live close by, we'll definitely we'll make we'll make you meet Q. Q Dizzle. Quizco Jizco. Lil Q himself. Quinn Fitzgerald. Alright, that is amazing. And what's the first tier called?
1: The first tier are called the Ticklish.
0: Ooh. So my fans are called ticklish.
1: Ticklish. <laughs> and the second tier are the tickled. The tickled. The tickled. Tier
0: 2 is the tickled
1: and tier 3 are the You're not ticklers. just ticklish,
0: you're tickled. You're tickled. You're in.
1: You're you're deep into the tickle. Oh, I'm tickled. This
0: tickles me. I'm not just like, yeah, I'm kind of ticklish.
1: I listen. Yeah. But top dogs, so tier 3 are the ticklers oh you're
0: the ticklers the top dogs the ticklers because you get to do the tickling oh yeah you get a little more involved you get a little more hands-on to the point where you even are doing the tickling yourself And that's how we're going to swing it, baby! And we're going to put them out on Thursday still. Thursday mornings, every episode will land, regardless of whether you're on the Patreon or not. But the Patreon is not just for Addictive Tickle. It's for comedians at skate parks. It's for my stand-up comedy. It's for Taylor Clark comedy. All right? I'm going to do all kinds of stuff on that Patreon. I have big plans. That is just the tip of the old iceberg. And we're fucking amped about it, guys. So, um, if you're listening now, if you're subscribed, keep your eyes out on my social media because when we restart this podcast over, um, you're going to want to know about it. You're going to want to be able to refind it, put it in your RSS or whatever, what have you. Okay, baby. And that's a wrap. We're going to end it right there, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our weed episode, which ended up also kind of articulating a bit more of my backstory than I intended. But my history with weed is deep, and it is, you know, involved in many aspects of my life. <laughs> it has been. So, that's what we got. That was our episode. Thank you so much. Keep your eyes out on that Patreon. Go watch uh, the new Comedians at Skateparks episode. Um, and sign up for Patreon. I love you guys.